world what's going on thank y'all for rocking out with us session nine of untherapy once again we have the beautiful ladies with us shay how you feeling feeling great i'm so happy to be at another session that's what i'm talking about deja how you feeling i am good i can't complain and i'm ready to dig in today angelica how you feeling you know me always happy to be here I hear that. It's a good day, man. Lady J, how you feeling? I am feeling amazing. Hey, on therapy base. Jamazing? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's my, that's my Instagram name. I wonder, okay. I wonder what has you feeling Jamazing today. Yeah, you know, maybe you had something great over the weekend. But let's talk, right? Got your boy. <laughs> okay. Got your... <laughs> <laughs> oh, and forgive me. You got your boy, yours truly, Mr. Coach Ferns, man. Another session, man. Listen, we've been talking for a while, man. One thing that came up in some of our side conversations is legacy. Now, legacy has a lot of different components to it, right? Um, but as of the last few weeks or so and over time, we've been hearing a lot about Olympics. Olympics has been a ringing word. And especially the ladies within the Olympics or people trying to qualify for the Olympics and things like that. So I got to ask you ladies a question um, with the female's point of view. Do you feel like accountability should be had when it comes to it being a team sport? Or do you feel like people should be responsible for taking care of themselves first? Uh, Lady J, I'm going to ask you to start it off. So... That's a really good question. I personally think it's up to the individual. It's up to each one of us to protect our own peace, right? Nobody will protect you and protect your mental state like you can. And a lot of times people are out for self. They will push you until the wheels fall off to get their desired end goal and you're left with nothing. So you really got to protect yourself and you really have to really be the CEO of your own life when it comes to reclaiming your time and protecting your peace. Mm, okay. Now, I have a question. Deja, mm -hmm. do you feel like when it comes to <clears throat> things that involve more than just yourself, right? Even though, like Lady J said, it's up to the individual to know your limits, you know what I mean? Don't let nobody push you past your boundaries, um, whatever the case may be. Do you feel like there's just due um, accountability from society? Or do you think society is okay for holding you accountable to some degree? Hmm. I think society's always gonna have an opinion. Yeah. I'm, it's hard to say, it all depends on the situation if it's a positive or negative opinion. I even think some situations are just going to always have both sides. There's always going to be teams on both ends. Um, but truly, it it's it plays off of you first, right? Like after, let's say, an incident, how you respond first. And if you are someone in the limelight where it gets to society, society kind of goes off of that as well, like how you handle what you did, how you took accountability, if you did take accountability, if you didn't. So I think it starts with you regardless of how society views that situation or you in general. Um, right. And then I think from there, it might go off of how you reacted after, if you did or didn't hold yourself accountable. 
Got you, got you. Because for me, growing up, especially in team sports and things of that nature, um, we looked at it kind of in a reverse. Like if you gave up on your team, um, for whatever the reason is, you know, be it a personal reason or whatever the case may be, it may have been looked down upon. Now there's a situation where um, you can give up on your team to get yourself together. And, and giving up on your team is kind of maybe a bad way of phrasing it, but let's just say giving up on your team uh, to take care of yourself is, is not as frowned upon as it used to be. You know what I mean? It's more like you're getting your mental health together. Do you think that that's a good thing? So honestly, I think mental health is something that should be talked about. And I wish it was something that someone talked to me about when I was like 18, right? So <laughs> story time with Lady J, right? Deja, Jelly, and I, we all graduated from the number one HBCU of all time, FAMU. And on campus, there was like this place that looked like a house or maybe a cottage in the middle of campus called Sunshine Manor. Back in the day, um, when people would talk about Sunshine Manor, it would be something that people look down upon. Like, you don't want to be seen going into Sunshine Manor. You don't even want to be seen walking in that direction. But in reality, all Sunshine Manor was, was a location on campus where students, all enrolled students could go to, to seek free advice and counseling from a licensed therapist. But I'm talking five, six years ago when mental health was looked at like an illness, right? Taking time out for yourself and taking like that personal day just to recuperate from whatever you're going through was treated like uh, something that couldn't be cured. And then if we fast forward now, five years later, I am so proud of us, right? It's kind of like I'm rooting for everyone Black. I'm so proud of our communities of color who are really taking, taking, putting their hand on the steering wheels of their life and really taking the time that is needed to ensure that they are 100% before they do anything, like making sure that their cup is half full and making sure they're not pouring from an empty cup. I'm proud of this. For me, for example, I used to face like severe burnout. Like I used to hate telling people no because I felt like saying no is like, I'm not capable of doing something instead of realizing that saying no really just means I just don't wanna do this. and that's my, that's how I feel. And I'm standing strong on that. Right. And once I started like prioritizing my personal mental health and saying no and standing firm on it, I realized that was me beginning to prioritize me. And I truly feel like once you learn how to prioritize you, you could then prioritize every other thing going on in your life. And in turn, that's going to help you to achieve your ultimate goals. Right. Do you think that, and this may be a sensitive question, but this is on therapy session, so we're going to have to ask it. Um, do you see it being more of um, gender-based, or do you find that it's just a sign of the times of people being a little bit more conscious of their mental health, or is it a combination of both? It's a combo. Yeah, right, it's right. definitely a, it's, it's a two-for-one type right, of 100%. Thing, right? Because I think... Um, 
a lot of men used to shun from the conversation of mental health or having a therapist. And I don't know, Fern, from what I used to hear, what I hear Black men say, it's like they're not allowed to show emotion or growing. I hear a lot of growing up, I wasn't allowed to cry. I had to be tough. But now I feel like I love a man that could say, listen, what you said hurt my feelings, right? And then prioritize themselves and talk about how they want to be treated because it hasn't been like that before. Mm, yeah, it's possible. It's it's interesting because... um from the from the woman's point of view from what i've heard there's a lot of um i want a man to show more emotions i want a man to be vulnerable um and then you get a chris right and then he's too vulnerable <laughs> for some people right and <laughs> right so so i think that's that's been um propaganda given to us by women a lot of times to show more emotions this that and the third now while i do agree that a lot of times men are, are more closed off um they're probably not as connected to their emotions most times as women are. Uh, and women sometimes require you to show emotions, but then they want you to be over-emotional, which, which, which kind of takes away from your masculinity to some degree, because that's just not who you are. Um, so it may be an issue for some, but it's kind of how men are, depending on where you, it's all environment geographically based too. You know what I mean? If you grew up in a, um, what, what they like to call urban area, you know what I mean? Or an area that's a little bit, um, how we can say uh, tougher, you know what I mean? You, you can't play around with your feelings as much. You know, if you grew up in an area where you could be a little bit more calm and be yourself, it's a little different, but we've always had different types of guys around. You have the super tough guys, you got the athletes, you got the gamers, the Pokemon card traders. So it really depends on um, the guy, but I do understand what you're saying as far as guys had to be a lot more tougher. Um, it really depends because you have guys from different geographic regions, like from the Caribbean, you, you you would not dare show emotion. You know what I'm saying? Like I know a lot of friends from the Caribbeans and it's like, nah, they grew up with their pops and it was a strong face. But when they had grandchildren, they were super soft. So it's interesting. It's definitely interesting. But I think now men are able to be in touch with their emotions a little bit more and it's accepted. Uh, but you have to really balance that because you don't want to be in your emotions all the time because sometimes it, it keeps you from making uh, proper decisions at times. Um, you know, I can't speak on men because I'm not a man, but... Thank you, thank you, thank you. We appreciate that. <laughs> I will say from, <laughs> a, that. from a woman's standpoint, I also think uh -huh. like the idea of therapy and like femininity has changed as well. Because I would say in our community, I mean, you're just going to have fragile women in every community, right? But we all know the stigma of Black women, you know, strong, there's, they have the strength, they can handle anything, anything thrown our way, mm -hmm. any trial tribulations, we keep it pushing exactly like what Johanna said, like, burnout, like, you know, like, burn out. And at young ages, you know, like, there's a lot on us, even at young ages. So I think it's, great now that a lot of black specifically women are going to therapy and touching into their feminine side right like realizing you don't have to be the hard body all the time you know like allowing yourself to be that if that makes sense like allowing yourself to feel like I have a lot of friends that like 
they just are going and going and going and like, you know, like they never had the opportunity to say, I'm going to just be in the moment or I'm going to feel upset. That made me upset. And I'm going to express that that made me upset. Like a lot of, I'm just even seeing on social media, a lot of people are like not chinning everything. Like it's so many posts now that's like, speak up, sis, say how you feel. Like, you know, let that man know, you know, like, so it's just good to see. I mean, on both ends, right. It's good to see that people are realizing like you have these spaces to express and it's not looked down upon. Like I wouldn't be weirded out if a man told me that he was going to therapy. Like my instant thought wouldn't be like, oh, he crazy. Like how it used to be. Right. Like, oh, you're on a therapy. Like who you done punch in the face? Like, you know, like to me, it's not that stigma anymore. It's like, okay, like he trying to talk some stuff out, you know, he trying to better himself. He like, it's not that bad anymore, but some people, let me just put it out here. I think everybody should try it. Everybody not, everybody may not feel like you don't have to have trauma to go to therapy. And that's what a lot of people think. There's a stigma around that too, that like you had to have gone through some traumatic experience to need therapy or go to therapy. And that's just not the case. Well, I, I, this, this leads me to a question I, I've been asking myself and I answered it to myself, but I, had to, I need to ask you, um, Deja, mm-hmm. there has been a wide campaign of saying it's okay not to be okay, right? Do you agree with that? Um. To an extent, it's okay not to be okay, but you have to do something about it, right? Because if you sit in your not okayness, yes, without doing anything, you're not going to get better, right? Yes, um, yes. So that's how I feel, and with that statement, I feel like some instances you have to go through the motions. For example, like grief. That's one thing that. It, it doesn't reverse, right? When someone passes, you are going to feel grief. So it's okay to feel grief, right? But then you got to move forward, right? You have to pick yourself right. up. You have to find joy in the things. You have to find joy in the memories. You have to continue. If everybody stopped when someone they know passes, this world would never spin, right? right. Like right. 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 this world would never spin. So yes, I agree with the statement to an extent, but you have to do work. Yeah, I've always been weary of that statement because I'm like, no, it's not okay not to be okay. It may be okay to understand there are moments where you're not okay, but you have to do something about it. And it may not be an immediate do something about it, but you need to understand how to work through it, how to get through it. If you need therapy, go get therapy. If you need to sit with yourself and your own thoughts, do that because after you go back to therapy, after you go to therapy and for whatever reason it is, let's just say they give you an action plan. If you go home and do nothing, then all you're doing is going and you're just paying money or your insurance paying money or whatever the case may be, but you're not getting better. One of the biggest things that I see people talk about is I'm working on myself. Somebody told me that. Oh my God, like the how, but what, what are you doing? Yeah, show show me what's wrong with you. And they can't identify what's wrong with them. I said, well, maybe you've been working on yourself for two two years and you can't identify the problem. So tell me what you're trying to conversation is. I'm weary when people say that, right? Yes, absolutely. I want to know the work behind it. Faith without work is what? Dead, right? So I want to know what you're doing. Like if we're going to have a conversation about, for example, 
I have, I just know a lot of people, right? That they'll say, okay, and I'm, flex, I'm, flex. <laughs> no, not like that. Lexi, Lexi Flexington. I'm, I'm not going to stay on dating long, but I'll touch on it. Like, oh, I'm not interested in dating. Like, I'm just working on myself. Okay. Well, how? What's, what are you doing? Like, what's the interim? What is different? And that can be a, it could be a long list of things, right? There's no precise answer. So if you're going to say, I'm working on myself. Okay. I'm working on my health. I'm going to the gym. I'm waking up early. I'm meditating. I, you know, I'm prioritizing. I'm learning to say no. Like there has to be something behind that answer because to me, sometimes it's an excuse, right? Like I'm not getting the results I'm getting in whatever area. So I'm just working on myself. It's like the back out. It's like an easy, like cop out which it's like okay you can say that as much as you want to the world but if you truly feel like this is a period for you to work on yourself what is being done right right absolutely lady j how how do you feel about the it's okay to not be okay for me when i hear it's okay not to be okay i Mm kind of look at that as it's okay to be content with where you are but not okay by public standard right or by what the masses think you should be feeling or you should be doing that's that's my perspective of it and it could be completely wrong but that's how I normally take it because I feel like wherever you are in that moment you know I I got this belief in like divine beings and our life is already made for us before we're born things like that so Mm -hmm. I feel like wherever you are in this exact moment this is where you are supposed to be and there's no more you should have achieved or no less you should have achieved because you're exactly where you need to be to get where you want to go I feel like we also have all the power to change our life kind of like they just said like if you know you're, you're facing depression or I mean that's a hard one actually because most people that I've talked to it's like they they didn't even know they were depressed until somebody else pointed it out but I feel like everyone needs like that sounding board that listening air that's sometimes not your closest friend right to Mm -hmm. talk to right right. sometimes I I have I have different sets of friends and I love all my friends shout out to all my homies that be listening to the podcast but I love them all but I do know who to go to when I want what like if I I want advice about if I want somebody just to be like yeah girl exactly you're not wrong I know who to go to or if I want somebody to be like all right sis you know you was wrong for that I know who to go to or if I want somebody to be like let's talk this out let's look at different ways you could have approached that I know (laughs) who to go to for that and I think those circles and those different dynamics are very imperative in every type of relationship. And I, I just don't mean dating, but friendship relationship. Right. No, because it is. friendships are relationships too, right? You water them, they build, they grow. Same thing as dating, just without the, you know, extra. Okay. Gotcha. The extra. Mm-hmm. So I feel like even starting with a friend group that keep it real with you, and I mean, keep it 100% real with you and aren't afraid to tell, and isn't afraid to tell you when you're wrong, and correct you for it mm-hmm. on different levels, that could be your form of therapy until you're ready to go to a professional therapist, literally. Right. Like you could create your own tribe of therapists where y'all sit down on a weekly basis, bi-weekly, whatever it is. Like, let's actually talk about how you've been feeling. Let's talk about life. Let's talk about these different things. And for some people that may be more comfortable. Like right. I know a lot of males who, they won't step foot 
2021, they will not step foot into a therapist's office, but they will vent to their homeboys that actually give them good advice. Now, Mm -hmm. I've heard the spectrum of friends, homeboys that give toxic male advice and homeboys that actually listen and, you know, guide you in the right direction. So I feel like if you create your tribe, I'm not saying that's all you need, but it could get you to where you want to be and you're, it's okay with not being okay until you're ready to take another step to help better yourself, right? I think it's all baby steps. Like personally, <laughs> I'm not gonna say I, I like my men thug adjacent, right? I like them to be sensitive, but I like them to be around shooters if that makes sense. Like I like them to be able to identify their feelings and tell me how they feel and tell me what's wrong. But I also like them to like air the room out if necessary. So. Okay. Okay. You like criminal, criminal history and stuff. No, thug adjacent, which means they not the one doing the crime, but they know people who air the room out. Okay. Okay, You want accomplices. Connected. You need them connected. Mob ties. Oh, got you, got you, got you, got you. Exactly, mob ties. But, <laughs> but no, I feel like, especially as an adult relationship, and as an adult in a relationship, talking about your feelings is important. Like, I, looking back, I am sick to see how I would explain my feelings to people, like friends and people I was in a relationship with. I'm sick just thinking about it because I'm like, they really let you say whatever. Like, those wasn't your friends. Mm-hmm. but the growth is you know being able to reflect back on those and better yourself as you move forward I think I agree with what you're saying wholeheartedly about friends and having that circle because I definitely appreciate my circle because like you said you had those people that's like yes sis no, you was right, period. I don't care. You know, like, and you, you know, every now and then you need that moment. Like, no, you was right. You was right. No, they were wrong. And then, you know, you have the friends that's like, no girl, like, mm-mm. but you have to understand as a person too, like you can have those individuals, which is awesome, but those type of relationships only work if you're going to be completely honest, right? Like if I'm going to go to the home girl that, uh, you know, tells me like it is, then I have to be honest, right? Like with the whole situation, well, they said, and I said, and they said, and like accurate, right? Because that type of friend is only going to give you your reaction on what you're saying, right? So if you're saying a story where, well, she slapped me in the face, so I had to hit her, right? But the whole time she never slapped you in the face, you know, like you just wanted to build up to why you were right. It's still hurting you, right? Because you slapped somebody for no reason. So a lot of times when I'm giving my, my friends will come to me because I guess I give good advice um but I sometimes start with like well you know I ain't no therapist now right like maybe you should go talk to somebody unbiased because y'all my you know y'all my friends right so I'm going to give you the best I can in terms of not being biased but at the end of the day because you're my friend and I trust you in my circle and I trust the type of person you are most of the time I'm going to try and find the light in what you did, right? Unlike a therapist, they're going to say, you know, they're just going to give you a different view that I can't give or 
your sister can't give or, and even without trying, right? Not necessarily trying to be biased, but we're biased because you're my friend. So I think in terms of therapy, even if it's not like how John was saying, like sometimes baby steps, right? Sometimes it might need to be a person that's like an acquaintance or someone like solemnly that like listens and maybe not such a homie because then they won't side with you. But then again, that's a therapist. I don't know. I just think everybody should go if they, I feel like if you ever feel the inkling to try it, right? Because a lot of people, a lot of people aren't in therapy for life. Like it's also this thing of like, once you start, you can't ever stop like a chiropractor. Like, no, like you can go in for seasons, right? You're in a transitional season and you kind of want somebody to talk this out with. Okay, that might be three, four months. You can stop and then you can call sis you know, maybe when you're about to get married, like, you know, like, so it, it, it doesn't have to be so contractual as right. people make it seem like it can just help to do a season. Right. right. And I just, uh, just to add to that, like, um, you definitely have so many different options to do it. Like you could ease your way into it. You could do it online. You could text someone like there's so many different options. And I feel like people are just so intimidated and scared, but like, therapy is so necessary because just to have somebody just to be outside of yourself and it just helps you to like figure out what you need and just helps you to um kind of verbalize the feelings that you have and sometimes we might not feel comfortable doing that with certain people or you might go to certain people and they don't give you the necessary uh information that you need or not telling you certain things because um they're your friend and they love you but not really telling you like they sugarcoating it basically they're not telling you the real real Mm -hmm. um so just having somebody who is outside of yourself outside of your circle is just important because they have a perspective that is not biased they are just really there to just tell you like facts like this is what you said and this is this is what I hear and this is what you should do and it's just like wow like it's just so amazing and I myself use what's called talk space and I love it so much. Um, and that's like one way you could just, you could pick who you want to talk to. They got different options of, you know, specific things you want to talk about. And like, there's so many different options. So I feel like, you know, whoever has an issue or just needs somebody to talk to, like definitely do therapy. It's not intimidating. It's so just like comforting and just, yeah, you got to do it. It's a must. It's a must. I'm sorry, go ahead, go ahead, Jay. Do you think that the resources that people need for therapy are easily accessible now? And I ask that because (laughs) I've gone to a million and one mental health panels. Like, I can't even tell you, like ever since this pandemic started and Zoom has become a thing thing, I've gone to so many Zoom discussions about mental health and therapy and everything of the matter. But one drawback I always get from these panels is like, they never leave us with resources, right? It's like, they talk about bettering your mental health. They talk, they talk about doing A, B, C, D, but they never leave us with resources. So do you think that the resources free and paid, because I think it's great to have a healthy mix of both. Do you think they're very easily accessible for people to find? Like I've heard of Talkspace through 
uh, ad from another podcast. So that's the only reason I know what that is, Shay. But if I hadn't listened to the podcast, I wouldn't have known what it is. So do you think there's like a, you know, a barrier there to break down when it comes to it being more easily accessible? I think it needs to be. I think it needs to be instilled younger. So like, remember how you were going on about the FAMU and Sunshine Manor, right? Mm -hmm. Looking back, that should have been a requirement that you had to at least go once through SLS, right? So at least, you know, as a freshman, it's there. And you know what? I went and it wasn't that bad. Nobody brings up Sunshine Manor almost until you're like drowning, right? Like, and that's when they're like, oh yeah, Sunshine Manor, hashtag Sunshine Manor. Like, no, your matriculation through school, and I'm just using FAMU as an example, like you should have had to go once a semester or at least once a year as a check-in. Like, okay, you're still afloat, you know, good to see, you know, we're here, you know, yada, yada, yada. Like in order to build that relationship, because yes, it was there, but sometimes a lot of people, it's the hardest part is taking the first step, right? Mm-hmm. Like, the hardest part is taking those steps before you actually drown because a lot a lot of us in general like we feel ourselves deteriorating right and then you hit low and you're like damn how do I get out of this right but you felt it you stopped replying to people you stopped going out you stopped attending it like you see some little things and there should be just talking from my fam, you experience, there should have been something in place that I had to go even when I was high, right? Just to know this is here. You know, they see me, I see them. Okay. You know, that actually wasn't that bad, like type of thing. So I think, yes, I think there's a lot out there. I do think it's easy once you want to find it, but with mental health, I think it needs to be instilled younger. Like, even in high school, you have guidance counselors, but let, a lot of times you don't go, you don't have a check-in with your guidance counselor. You go when one, you're having a problem, two, you, you know, get in trouble, or three, you know, maybe college time, they're checking in, you know, did you get this app in, yada, yada, yada. But it was not, hey, it's your monthly check-in with me, right? Like, how can I help you here? We're just going to talk about anything we want to talk about. Like, there's no check-ins and I think that's what we miss um at adolescents and young adults is like we need those check-ins without trauma or problems to know that those spaces are there well I have a question right um and Angelica please chime in um we have so I I do agree that maybe should start earlier right um but by then, depending on high school or whatever, wherever you get this from, um, are there other problems that may have set in prior to that, right? And with that, we seem to be going in a, in a cycle. So what does good mental health look like? Mm-hmm. And is it even possible to achieve, right? That, that's the question I'm having. Is it even possible to achieve, right? Because if I go to the doctor once a year, you know, my physician once a year to get a checkup. And he lets me know if everything's good, if it's not good, whatever the case may be. Mental health may be slightly different. Most people don't go to therapy once a year. You know, it's a, it's a repetitive thing. You know, they say prevention is better than cure, things like that. So you want to kind of prevent some stuff. Sometimes you're going to be curing some stuff or helping heal some things. But is there um, 
is there any goal in sight when it comes to mental health? Or is it possible to even be mentally healthy at any time? I think so. Um, what does it look like then? I, I think it's more so awareness, right? So you okay. being able to identify your feelings and being able to communicate them because I think there are a lot of things that people go through and it's just like, I don't know what I'm feeling. I don't know right. how I feel. I don't know what the next step is. I don't know how to process. And, right. you know, life happens whether you're a child, a, an adolescent, a young adult, or elderly. There are things in life that are going to happen, but I think right. it's it's a necessary step for us to be able to identify what we're feeling and then maybe even a step further, have the tools to be able to process them because right. somebody may be angry and then just take it on everybody, right? But if I can properly process that anger, then I can still be able to find happiness in some small part of my life, even though there might be thing, other things going on that are still causing me to feel angry or to feel down. So I don't think there's necessarily an end state, but I do think that there are things that can help us along our time in life in order to not feel so overwhelmed because I truly feel like that's the affliction. It's not the fact that we're going through things or that we're being weighed down by things. Is that we don't have the tools to be able to deal with them as we go on this journey called life. Mm, do you feel like we may have the tools, but our minds are so clogged up with other things that are not as important? And with that, we're not able to see that we do have the tools because discipline, you have discipline, right? And you watch people, right? You'll have people who say, pray for me, I'm going into surgery for X, Y, and Z, right? I have high blood pressure, cholesterol, whatever it is, <laughs> right? You pray for them, you know, you pray all this other great stuff for them, come out on top, and then they back to the chicken spot, right? Or they, or they, or they back eating fried food, or they back putting themselves in the same position that got them where they were. And they're asking for prayer, they ask me to go to God for them, all this great stuff. But in the meantime, like sis, you can just change your diet, you know? Yeah, you know and I mean, there are, there are some people like that, but everybody's on a spectrum, right? There are some people that have the tools and know the tools and still won't do better, right? That, that's right. where they are on the spectrum. But right. there are other people, like, for example, right? I've never been an avid gym person. So okay. the, the thing that held me back for so long from going to the gym is I don't know what I'm doing and I don't want to look dumb doing it or hurt myself trying to make it seem like I know what I'm doing right so mm -hmm. in order for me to get better at utilizing the gym I had to get a trainer teach me what what am I supposed to do because obviously I'm not going to continue to keep paying like paying you to tell me how to use a machine like you already taught me over the last six weeks I I'm, I'm feel like I'm pretty good now I can do it on my own but I still had to ask for help in order for you to teach me there are some tools that people are using in their everyday life but they don't know how to apply that to mm. emotions or processing things in their everyday life like oh I'm problem solving with my children but I don't know how to problem solve with the grief of my mother you know right, so right, right, right. while we might have those tools or know what those tools are applied to something else we may not know what it looks like applied to ourselves or our certain situations so whether that's you seeking professional help or talking to a friend, 
praying to the Lord, whatever that is, I think that the first step is identifying like, hey, I might need some help, whether it be now, tomorrow, or 10 years from now, I want to be in a better position mentally than where I am currently. That's, 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 a, that's an amazing point because a lot of us are great at viewing things and breaking down problems in others, but we can't really apply it to ourselves sometimes. It's like, exactly. I, I'm not a great singer, but I can tell you when you have an off note. And I can tell you when you're off key. You know what I'm saying? That's why we I, love American Idol. Yeah. Listen, you know, I, I'm not a chef, but I can tell you when food tastes bad. You know what I'm saying? You know, so it, we, we've become great analyzers. You know what I mean? But taking that information, it, you we always have a homegirl, or, or you always have a homegirl that can tell you when a guy ain't, ain't squat. Sugar right? Mm -hmm. And then they find themselves in a poor relationship. <laughs> over time, you know what I'm saying? And you find yourself giving them the same advice and then, and all you can hear is, don't judge me. God has a, you know, God, God has a final say, only God can judge me, all these great quotes that takes and removes accountability from them, but we all know those type of people. So I think that's a, that's a really great point. Like we have the tools, right? But we don't know how to apply them to ourselves, right? If I, I can, it's like, I can cut your hair, but if I try to get myself a shape up, oh, it's not gonna go well. You know what I'm saying? Because it's just, I haven't learned how to do it. So, so Deja, do you think that we need to take more time learning how to apply these tools to ourselves? Because we know the tools sometimes. Most, a lot of people know the tools, right? Because when their friends come to them, they give them everything they should do. But when it comes to applying it to ourselves, we don't know how to do that. So should we take more time with ourselves to learn how to apply these things for ourselves? That's yeah, Deja. I mean, you got to take the time that it takes you, right? Like everybody right. doesn't ride a bike as fast as one another or walk or read. So, I mean, yeah, you ultimately have to take your time, but like, I guess the key word in that is actively, right? Just how you were saying, like you have the homegirl that keep going back to the, you know, the guy that's not giving her no play, you know, when she could just move on, right? Right. It sounds so simple. Like when you talk to them, you're like, just move on, stop picking up, stop texting back. But clearly to them, yeah. either they're finding enjoyment in this or they really have an attachment to where they cannot, right? So that's gonna be actively not responding and actively not picking up the phone or blocking or whatever. So it's work, right? It's work behind whatever you, your end goal is. Um, ultimately there's people that put the work in and get the results. That's with anything, right? Um, and then there's people that just, like um you both all were saying like you have the tools but you just aren't putting the parts together and then there's people that's where therapy comes into play like you can kind of have the tools and kind of have the parts but like you miss the directions in the box right mm. so that's mm. what the therapy aspect is because right. they'll tell you like well I'm not here to like tell you what to do I'm not here to walk you step by step, you know, like, well, this is what you should say to him back, right? Like if he texts you, this is what you said. No, right? There, what happens is like, they'll give you tools on, okay, so last time when you picked up the phone, you know, you cried for four hours after. So here's what we can do to maybe not feel in the state that we get in every time we have a conversation with this person, or here's what, you know, just bringing light to other areas. But 
it's just you just got to put the work in for anything you want like any job right any job anybody has you put the work in you applied you went on the interviews you showed up in a suit you know what i'm saying you you're impressing the bosses for that raise it's work everything takes work so absolutely if you are trying to get to a different space mentally that takes work right so lady j and Shay, i have a question for both of y'all lady j i'm gonna you first how important is it <clears throat> How important is community in these situations? I was speaking to someone uh, a couple months ago and I told them that mentorship should save the next generation a good 20 years, right? I was saying to him, a lot of times, I don't see mentorship the way I seen it back in the day, right? But I also said mentorship has shifted into community, right? So you, you may, Back in the day, you may have had a mentor. They may have asked some questions and they may have been out, able to guide you through life, right? And that still exists for some people. Um, but for others, they found mentorship in communities, whether it be Facebook communities, um, communities at work, whatever the case may be. So for you, how important is community to your mental health? So for me, I, I think I don't have any regrets. But one thing I would have liked to have growing up was like a mentor that mm -hmm. didn't live with me, essentially. I would have okay. loved to have a mentor. I mean, I'm the youngest of three older brothers. So okay. clearly, <laughs> you know, how they got brought up and how I got raised are two completely different things. We experienced different things just based on gender and right. things like that. Now, I do believe going forward, mentorship can save the upcoming generations. But for me, as someone who didn't have a mentor that actually wished they would have, I could see I could see areas like now looking back like, oh, maybe that would have went smoother if somebody would have walked me through some conversations about life so I didn't just like dive head in and get knocked out. Right. Like, <laughs> if somebody was able to like smooth over the surface area, like, hey you know, I've been through this. So I think it's imperative, like, and I feel like people who may be like me or may have similar upbringings of not having a mentor outside of their home. So, you know, outside of your home, I'm, I'm emphasizing on that because like I said, that's outside of your bubble. So they have like a different um, viewpoint or vantage point about what's happening because they're outside of the bubble. I feel like for me, that pushes me with everything I do now with my work in the community, why I'm so um, passionate about children and stuff like that. It really pushes me to want to push them because right, I right. can see like, okay, I I'm not going to tell you what to do, but if you do it this way, you might have an easier road. So I feel like it's, it's now on us to kind of build that up for the future generations brother little brothers sisters nieces nephews whoever it is because I could have definitely used some mentors growing up that hit me upside my head like nah girl <laughs> now you know but instead it was kind of just like a dived in head first here I am knocked out laid on my, out on my back like but I didn't fold right it just it's kind of like every time you get knocked down, you got to get back up, especially if you don't have a mentor or someone outside of your home helping you with guidance. It's like, and for me, I feel like that made me a stronger person mm -hmm. <laughs> in the right. long run because I literally pulled myself up from those scenarios. And I mean, growing up, it was easy. I'm a spoiled brat. But 
after you're out of your parents' house, like that first year in college, I wish I had like someone who was a sophomore, junior, whoever, that was helping me to guide me through college, right? Mm-hmm. Just give me the tidbits. Like at that point, I think there was like a Facebook group for incoming freshmen. I would check that. But, you know, the internet isn't like how the internet is now. It's it's a mm-hmm. little bit different. But it was for me, it was just like trial and error. Let's see what hit and what don't. And mm-hmm. it worked out fine, but I still, even now, I'm open to mentors within my career field stuff now. I just can't find one, which is so right. funny. It's like mentorship now as an adult is so weird because especially when it's people within your career field, I haven't learned how to maneuver to ask someone to, not even ask someone to be my mentor, to just like, you know, learn from someone who doesn't look at you as competition, right? Yeah. Especially in my field, as doggy dog, like communications, marketing, journalism, it's kind of like every man for man or woman for him for him or herself, right? So I would like to. I wonder. I want to know how do people get mentors as adult? Because clearly, childhood that's been there, done that. But as an adult, how do we maneuver and get mentors? How do you ask for one of those that's willingly to be that's willing to be selfless and help you? Well, that, that's that's a interesting question because that's been my question for about the last three years. And I was speaking to someone um, maybe on different occasions. One person may have been an assembly person. One person may have been um, somebody who was really high up in the music industry. And they said, a lot of times you have to put yourself out there, right? You have to, you have to, you have to do the write-ups, you know what I mean? You have to, number one, you want to learn as much as you can about the person you want to mentor, right? Number two, you want to put yourself out there. And number three, you want them to be able to get something from you as well. It's not just a situation where they're just pouring into you, they want to be poured back into, whether that be a situation where they learn something new or they realize that you are utilizing what you what they taught you at the highest level possible. You know what I mean? Some people aren't going to be selfless. So figure out what you can give them as well. And it may not, sometimes it's, sometimes it's monetary. Sometimes you have to pay for mentorship. You know what I mean? If 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 Damon John is giving the class on business, you know what I mean, and it's two hundred dollars. If this two hundred dollars can change my life and the trajectory of where I am, then hey, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. If the value is there, then you go through it. Um, but yeah, there, there's a lot of different ways. But sometimes you just got to put yourself out there. But the first thing that they say is learn as much as you can about the person you want to mentor you. Know where you want to be, and see how you can get the steps to go there. But that's very important. Research the person. You know what I mean? And, and I, honestly, that's how I've always done it. I haven't really had a mentor, but I'm able, I was able to glean off a lot of people. But the first thing I do is I research them, figure out as much as possible. So when we have that conversation, you know, it piques people's interest to know that you know a little bit more about them than what they present, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and then from there, you know, like I said, have something to offer. Like, e- even if it's a situation where you're talking to somebody who maybe two generations, maybe a baby boomer, right, and you glean off them from the information, they may not be the greatest in technology. If you can show them something ill with the computer or how to use Instagram or how to use a TikTok, right, right there, they, they gaining something from you. You know, they may have the ins and outs and the back doors of, of business, but they don't have the tech savvy part of it. And a lot of people that were great in their time don't really figure out that part of it. And if you can give them that part of it, the technology or the way things look right now, I'll never forget, uh, um, I went to an event over maybe a year ago or something like that. It, was, it had to be 2019, of course. 
Um, but it was um, it was an art gallery at these ladies' own. Shout out to SK Art Space. And they had an event where there was music from, it may have been 800 records posted. And they had music from all, from maybe the, the 50s to present, right? And just to watch different generations there, cleaning off the music, hearing music like, oh, snap, this is where that sample came from. And just talking to older people in their time about why that music was important to them. You know, I never, I wasn't huge on Marvin Gaye and that stuff growing up. But when I talk to people from that time, I always ask, what was the significance? Why, why was it such a great record? And when you start hearing why these things were so important to them, it just opens up your mind. You know what I mean? So, and then when you start talking about hip hop to them, you know what I mean? It, it's, it's, it, it, it's eye opening to them as well. So you got to be able to glean from each other. Um, that's just my opinion on it. But that's what I've been told from people. Cause my biggest thing was like, yo, mentorship isn't as accessible for me looking at it these days. And it's like, yo, you gotta put yourself out there. So, you know, I, I still haven't learned that part yet because I believe what you said, uh, Jay, we learn how to um, compete before we learn how to connect. And I think that that's a huge problem in our community. Um, Cause a lot of us can't network. It's very uncomfortable. Somebody talk to you too long, looking in your eyes too long. For me, I can't take it. You know what I'm saying? After you ask me two or three questions, all right, fam, we, we, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm trying to get by this punch bowl or trying to get these hors d'oeuvres. Like, I, I don't, I don't, Especially I don't. At, like networking events for now. Yes, so I feel the exact yes. same way because it's like, I feel like the connection is not genuine. Like yeah. we're literally exchanging business cards because someone mm -hmm. told us to, not yep. because yeah. I genuinely want yeah. to get to know you. So that, yeah. that doesn't put me in the best feeling to say, oh, what do you do? Maybe we can connect on something. No, I, I don't want to do that. So I tend to not yeah. even attend those things because I feel uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah I, it, went to one. I went to one um, when I first basically moved back to Philly um, after getting my master's. And I really had nothing um, to offer, but I weirdly like being uncomfortable, right? So I was like... <laughs> I was like, I want to go, right? And I want to see, it was like all black, it was black only. And I was like, I want to see how, I want to see like what's going on. Like who are the people in the community? Like let's what type of people show up, right? So I was working at Prudential at the time. So I made it sound like I was really somebody at Prudential. Meanwhile, I'm just like doing claims. And, you know, I'm walking up and they say like, you have to interrupt conversation. That's how this like night works. So like nobody was going to get offended. Like if you walk up and say, oh, well, yeah, so I am, you know, type of thing, which is like very uncomfortable, right? Like right, right. You need to, I'm supposed to interrupt the conversation, but that's, you know, that's how they said like the night goes. So I'm going, I'm just like interrupting because I just want to see like who, who's who in the room, like who might can help me, right? Who can right. I have a conversation with this? Like, let me save this girl um, from claims and prudential, like, you know, or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I did get some good connections from there. I got some business cards or whatever, but like networking is, it's scary. Right. But mm -hmm. sometimes you have to, like, sometimes you grow out of uncomfortable situations. Right, and right. though it was very uncomfortable. Like I would do it again mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. yeah 100%. Shay, and your feel, how, how do you have to network? um with your peers or, or how is it for you is it uncomfortable is it something that you genuinely do because me personally I don't like breaking ice you know after a short conversation I'm done you know so how, how do you go about this shit well I feel like with 
with networking is a skill and like right. it's uncomfortable if you're not used to it that's just with everything you know um and i feel like also like networking doesn't have to be that way if you put yourself in the right um communities groups events like a networking event i wouldn't necessarily go to but like maybe like a cooking class or um they're having a pop-up with different food ven vendors being there like that even though it's not a networking event it has the potential to be a place where i can network because i had i know there's going to be like-minded individuals there so mm -hmm. like just doing things like that that's a way to start building a community and a network like just doing things that you enjoy and being around people who enjoy the same thing and then just bonding over that and then just having regular conversation and it's actually natural and you realize oh this person works at this place and that person works at that place and you're like oh well I could utilize your services and you can utilize mine or let's meet up you know next time and do such and such like that's how it it works and is natural. Like these events, these networking events, it, it feels uncomfortable because it is like, it's not a natural thing to do. Really, you're throwing all these people together. Like, okay, we're gonna have, we're gonna have a room here and you all just, you know, put on your suits and bring your business cards and resumes and go for it. And like, sometimes that works for some people, but sometimes for others it's, it's not, especially if it's not a skill that you have built up to do. So for me, I feel like if you want to start off in finding a mentor, building a community, it starts with just finding simple events or, you know, going with a friend to like an art gallery, if art is your thing, and then start talking to people. Like it doesn't have to be as complicated and confusing or anything like that. It's really as simple as just saying hello to somebody at an event, you know? You, you know, you know, what, you know what it is to me? I think it may be a slightly easier for you, right? Because you have a certain thing that you do, right? It may be several things, but you're a chef and whatever else it is that you do, right? Me personally, I can network socially. When it comes to the professional standpoint, it's nothing that I'm doing professionally a lot of times. And when I say that, I don't have a business where I'm doing X, Y, and Z. I may be dabbling around a bunch of different things. So this is where it gets confusing to me personally. I never forget my friend, and I think of it as my friend Janelle's. Um, there was a there was a business chapter, and they have like meetings like super early in the morning, maybe like seven o'clock in the morning. You got to be there, and I'm like, this is a sacrifice for people to come out every day seven o'clock in the morning to discuss business, right? So when I got there, these are, these people were a lot older than me. When I say a lot older, we're probably looking in their forties, fifties, maybe some early sixties but they were about their business. Now, I didn't really have anything going on. I just came to, to, to view it and see how it was. And she put me down as an artist. I'm like, oh, dang. So when they started, when they seen my, my little, hello, my name is, and that, this is what I do. They said, what kind of art do you do? And I was like, oh man, now I gotta, now I gotta finesse the situation. Mm -hmm. So I started, started talking about how I went to FIT, you know what I mean, to design sneakers and stuff. And they was like, oh man, so what are you gonna do with that? I'm like, dang, I didn't see that coming. So now I gotta finesse a little more, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> But it realized, I realized how much I was out of touch with where I should be. Yeah. So maybe tighten up a whole different way because these people were playing at high levels. Like we're talking about commercial buildings. We're talking about, hey, yeah, yeah, I have a little printing company. I'm like, oh, so you do flyers? He's like, no, I do like nothing smaller than 20 feet 
um, thing posters for the sides of buildings and advertising. I'm like, oh, no, nah, we talking different, bro. Mm-hmm. Like to the point where I had to sneak out the meeting. I'm like, all right. They were doing 30 second pitches. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. Oh, can I catch me with this one? Right. That's like the uncomfortableness <laughs> yeah. kind of like shifted, shifted you, right? It was like, I'm not prepared for this, but this is like where I'm trying to be. Like, I want yeah. people yeah. to be in, not intimidated is not the word, but I want people to be interested, right? In me. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want them to come in the room one day and be like, okay, okay. All right, get it together. You're about to walk up on Deja. Okay, get it together. <laughs> All right. It walk up, you know, in my mind, I'm like, okay, I got to shake him up a bit. But then it's like, you know, deep down you want to help. Right. So it's like yeah. those type of, those type of situations and plays really give you an eye opener. Like where the heck am I? Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. And not just those situations too, but I would just admonish you guys that maybe this is too corporate America, but sometimes advocates and sponsors are way more important than mentors mm-hmm. from my experience. And when I say advocate or sponsor, I mean, like, not necessarily like, oh, we meet once a month and you can ask me questions and maybe you teach me how to change this thing in PowerPoint, but advocate in the fact of, okay, you're looking for this opportunity. If I hear your name, or I hear an opportunity that sounds similar, I'm throwing your name in a ring. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm bringing your name up in rooms where yeah. you're not present. Mm-hmm. I'm speaking highly of you to people, even if there's no opportunity available so that when something comes up, oh, weren't you telling me about somebody two months ago? You know, like, I feel like those are the relationships no, that- Those are the big ones you want. That's exactly. You want. And, and I've, although I've been a part of several mentorship programs at my places of employment, the most advancement I've found has been around advocates. So promotions that I probably should not have even been considered for you're ready, go up there. Or me not even feeling ready or confident in myself, take that opportunity, take that chance. And I, I, I want people to start thinking about, especially in our community, right? Not only about mentorship, but how can you become an advocate or a sponsor for somebody? So if you right. see somebody in your industry that may look new or may look young, grab onto that individual because you would want that same seed planted for you mm-hmm. if it was you and or wherever it is that you are in your career you still want that seed planted for you so pay it forward don't just oh, okay well you need to come in dressed like this or you need to make it to to work 15 minutes before everybody else and you need to stay 15 minutes late yeah give them tips and tricks but really prepare them so that you can advocate for them and they represent you in a way where nobody can question their credentials or nobody can question where they came from. And I feel like your example firm is a perfect example of that. Like, it wasn't like, oh, well, he gonna show up and he on his own. Like, they, they put you in a place where even though you weren't necessarily prepared, you saw or you were in the, in the space to be able to get even more prepared that you were. You may not be 100% ready, but you're better than where you were when you first started. So regardless of where we are, I think, to your point or your your question previously, there needs to be a certain level of taking up a mantle in our community because there are so many things that we've learned that our parents didn't know. How many more other people that are behind us can we help at a faster pace if we just reach out, if we just see that person like, perfect example. I remember I first started my job in Chicago. It was a black man from Philly. Love him, I call him my work boss. 
he was like, whatever you need, let me know. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until three months later that I actually reached out to him. And that man taught me so much in five years before he retired. But he taught me so much and advocated for me so much that it was like he saw something in me that I didn't see in myself. And I'm hoping that with all of the knowledge that we're we're learning about financial literacy, mental health, you know, eating healthier, being just healthy in terms of a, a physical aspect that we're not hoarding it for ourselves you know that competition mentality that you were talking about earlier but really trying to impart that in generations to come because how dare I be my ancestors dreams and I'm not continue those dreams further into a, a whole entire generation you know mm-hmm. I had a question um, for that day um Jelly because you say it, it kind of goes back to what we talked about earlier right having the tools being able to use them for other people not being able to use them for yourself right so it's very easy for me to pull people forward, right? I see somebody, I'm very good at spotting value and giving people game and all that stuff for, for, for no return whatsoever. Just make sure you be better than me, right? But then you see people growing around you. Everybody, you done pulled, you done pulled up everybody. You're like, wait, I ain't got nothing, <laughs> right? Ain't nobody pulled me up, so I got to figure it out on my own. Mm-hmm. So now how do you find those advocates that see something in you well, how did how did you particularly find that advocate that seen something in you? Because that's that's the part where we get stuck, right? Because me personally, professionally, I'm not, I'm probably not. Uh, there's no particular field that I'm saying I'm in, right? And when I start talking to people, they realize that I'm far mentally, I'm far beyond. You know what I'm saying? Where they think I am, because I, I can I can talk about almost anything because I'm I'm well versed in certain areas but it's not specific, right? So how exactly did you find your advocate um, or person who for you? Because I think that's where the problem comes in, right? I can find people, right? I can push young, young people up and I can pull them up from the bootstraps and you give to the next generation so they don't have to do as much, but you still remain in the same place. So how do you get you up out of there? Yeah, I think that's a, that's a great question. And it might be more difficult if you're not in a, a specific field or right, right. focused area. I would say for me, it was all about community. Every person that put me in a position to meet somebody else that was in a better position were from my community, the African-American community, not necessarily women, but from the African-American community. And when they knew somebody else that was at a higher level than them, they connected me to that person. So I had advocates that were of Caucasian descent, were of Asian descent in my field in my company all because a person of african-american descent said you know what i see something in you and i'm going to connect you with this person because this is where you said that you wanted to go and if you're more in a creative field where there there are multiple things that you're doing i would say that it's, it's going to be harder but it's not impossible right like you're probably going to have to find several advocates that say okay i know this person so i'm going to connect you to that it may not be everything that you're doing or what you're focused on right now but at least you have that contact in your back pocket so that when you revisit it two years from now you're not starting from scratch does that make sense mm-hmm. no absolutely absolutely so lady j let me ask you this right because <clears throat> you are the, are the queen of hustles right so you may have a lot of people that throw you uh sponsorships or people that mention you into certain things how did you build those connections was that something that was natural for you 
or was that something that you know God just placed people in your life or did you have to go get these things um I think it was a mix right and I feel like I I think it's just a mix like I'm (laughs) I love small talk right right so I'm someone who will meet someone and we will talk for hours about who knows what and it's genuine it's 100% genuine and authentic it's and I always start with small talk with people and then it's like then you can identify what you have in common so basically (laughs) to put it in layman's terms I I usually court people who I want to work with you know like how you court somebody in a relationship it's like you court those people that you want to seek uh that you want a proper working relationship with right And it's like the same process, you know, when you're dating, you see somebody you like, and you start finding out what their interests are. So it's kind of like, I think it was that Biggie song, find out what your interests are, who you be with, things that make you smile and be here for a while. So it's the same thing. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Brooklyn, okay. It's the same exact thing with working relationships. And that's how I approach every working relationship. I find out what your interests are, who you hang out with what's your demographic of people you hang out with um things that make you smile things that we have in common and then we build up the relationships from there and taking that approach has gotten me pretty far and has enabled me to extend my network but it's also kind of putting yourself in spaces that you didn't think that you would do so with connecting with people one-on-one I'm also for me I'm in a lot of community organizations. So I'm like in the new leaders council. I was on the board of the urban league of Broward County, all, all type of stuff. And putting yourself on those board positions that people see you doing the work in the community because one of the biggest tip I give anybody, people will help someone who see them helping themselves first. Mm-hmm. So you want to start a podcast, publish some episodes, then people will listen and people will share, then people will help you out. You want to start a blog, you want to start an online news outlet, you want to start, do fashion design, what, whatever it is, help yourself first. And once people see that you're serious, it's almost like they can't turn you down, right? Because they see you putting in the work for it. And they see you like people see me out in the community, like actually like putting in the work for free, right? Because a lot of these boards and associations, they don't really uh, pay us or whatever it is. But once you people see you put it into work and seeing how dedicated you are to something that may that to initiative that might not be paying you, then they're like, oh, okay, so I know how she's gonna move when it's a money opportunity or something like that. And it's really just continuously building your network and building your tribe and building it out, right? So I love FAMU and South Florida is ran by FAMU alum, but I don't only hang out with FAMU alum because I need my network to be bigger than that, right? So I have friends from all different HBCUs and people like that. And it's even building outside of your own black community, Hispanic community or whatever it is as well. It's completely building outside. And then depending on what your field is, what you wanna do, build within that. I am... (laughs) I stand for Facebook groups, like whatever I have an interest in, I find the Facebook group community and I join it. And then I've net, I network, right? So I'm in a Facebook group for probably everything of my interest. And I've met so many people online doing that, right? And people I've never even met in real life. And then we become like family. So I feel like there's, especially with the pandemic, you know, 
we talked about going to networking events, but we all know that became null and void a year ago. Like we wasn't going out, right? So what are you going to do? You have to find out how to transition your networking from in-person to digital. And I would say digitally networking is harder than in-person. I don't know. I feel like in the digital space, it's like hit or miss, but I've learned how to like maneuver it in the digital space. So it works. Like I said, finding your, finding your community online, Facebook groups, there is a group and an interest group for everything. The weirdest things I like, which I will not discuss, there is a Facebook group for that. And I found it and I've joined it. Um, The more bigger spectrum things that I like, there's a Facebook group for that, or there might be an Instagram group, or a lot of people are using Discord now, which I've seen become much popular, much more popular with like, you know, chats and stuff like that. So I feel like you really just have to find your interests, find your people, step out of your comfort comfort zone and network because it's sad to say a lot of your supporters in anything you do, most times it doesn't, it's not just your family and friends. Mm -hmm. A lot of times it's strangers. That's supporting you. And I've heard that with people who have a friend of mine who owns a boutique. She was like, her first 20 to 30 sales came from strangers on Instagram, not her family and friends. So when you're networking, you're not networking for your family and friends. You're not that's so weird to me. I know that's a whole nother subject, but I I feel like it's so weird to me that like, which it's interesting because when you start entrepreneurial businesses that are related around sales in the corporate space, it's almost always like, um, oh, reach to your family and friends. Perfect example, selling life insurance or selling insurance in general. They want you to reach out to your family and friends, right? But when I see people start small businesses like e-commerce or something like that, mm-hmm. it seems as though it's always to your point, Jahan other people like somebody did an experiment on Facebook which I know is like not real world but whatever shared a a picture on their regular page only got like 13 likes shared a picture on their business page and got like 250 likes and it was just kind of like wait what like your personal page only has your family on it but all of these other people are like hyping you up and giving you support and I feel like that's so weird maybe it goes back to the competition mentality but you would think that the people that are closest to you would, mm-hmm. would be the first mm-hmm. ones to support not, you, and it's not that way. Crabs in a barrel. Crabs well, you know what? It, it, it's, it's so it's, weird. You can't it's, it's, do business expecting your, like, yes, everybody should have a tribe, right? Small group of people that is going to support you and what you do. Mom, dad, cousin, yada, yada, yada. But you cannot, if your sole thought into going into business is that my family is going to be, like the money behind this then it's like you shouldn't go into it because that's the harsh reality is that you're going to be pubbing to people outside of you and most of your money is not going to come from your family especially depending also on what you do right like and what it's geared towards and like if you have an online boutique for women right you can't expect that your male cousin is just going to buy something just to support. It's not in need of him, right? Mm -hmm. So you knock out men in your family. Maybe you have a lot of men in your family that knocks them out, right? So it's just now let's go into sizes. How, what size does your boutique sell? Oh, you only go to a large. Okay. So you knocked out plus size people in your family, but you know, so every, every, 
it is sad in the sense like if you have people that don't get any support but you can't expect your family to be your reoccurring customer it's just not gonna it's just not gonna happen they might get you one time or twice you know but if it's not something of need of them it it's out of it support doesn't have to be a purchase right like a support could be a share or you telling me about a pop-up shop or something like that like there are some people that literally legit just do not support in general which to me is weird I don't expect for everybody in my family to fork over however much money I'm selling my product for but a like a repost the and again I, I don't feel like everybody is entitled to that I just feel like it's weird. That's kind of what you want in the business. They, they tell you, well, most people successful tell you proof of concept isn't when your family and friends buy it. It's when people off the street who know nothing about you support your business. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So when you, when you, especially when you start up something with sales, like, like you said, life insurance, stuff like that, you kind of want to get to the people around you first because it, it builds up your clientele. You know, 20 clients is 20 clients, no matter who they are. You know, when you start talking about sales, you want people who have nothing to do with you or anything. Like, like I said, Damon John was saying he was out there selling FUBU on the streets. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it was strangers they were looking for because your family and friends to a degree will support you no matter what. You know what I mean? Like, um, but it's the people that you don't know. If they stop and buy like, yo, what's that? What's this? Oh, let me get some of that. Then, you know, you got some, you know, and you can and you can build off it. It's just a, it's just a matter of playing with the momentum after that. Um, but I do understand what you're saying, um, Jelly, but... Yeah, definitely. You you, you kind of, I kind of, when I do stuff, I kind of don't put it out to family. I, I put it out to the world first. Mm-hmm. I want the world to tell my family I was doing. I think when it comes down to support, I definitely agree. Like there's free ways to support. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's simple, a repost, a retweet. Right. And the thing is sometimes we get as business owners, I mean, me, myself, you know, Sometimes you cannot get warped around what somebody didn't do because one, you never know what's going on in the back end, right? So if you have a friend that sells nails, right? You may not repost every time they post a flyer, right? Like that's not your responsibility to repost. That doesn't make you a bad friend because you didn't repost every time that they posted on their timeline. That doesn't make you a bad friend right? Because on the back end, you could have told 10 people verbally, yo, oh, you was looking for some nails? Like, yo, my cousin do that. My friend do that. Like, you know, like, here's their stuff. Link. That's a follow that they didn't even know came from you. Like, you know what I'm saying? That you help support. So it's also like, there's word of, there's just so many ways to support. And I don't think you should be knocked as a bad friend or family member if every time they post something you don't repost it that doesn't mean you're unsupportive it's just so many different ways that you can be supportive just like I think it was Jelly that said like your name being spoken in rooms when you're not even there like I have so many family and friends that when businesses come up or they're looking for something I say oh yo my cousin does this or my friend does this but I may not repost their flyer every time they post something. You get what I'm saying? That doesn't mean yeah. I don't care about your business or I'm not supportive. It's the levels to it because I'm not no Instagram celebrity. I'm none of that whatsoever. But my stories get a good 1,500 views every time I post. Now, does this podcast... Oh, let's break... Oh, 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 oh. You're not going to 
I'm not. No, but no, this is a good point. My stories may get a good 1500 views, but does our podcast page at Untherapy Podcast on Instagram have 1500 followers? It does not. <laughs> so some people will literally just not support. I'm not. I don't know. I feel like some people will literally not go out of their way to support you. Just they just won't do it. And honestly, it's kind of funny, you know, because like some people who I know own businesses and like I might follow their page or I might support them when I may have posted about our podcast and we've seen and I've seen them view the story and they didn't support I definitely unfollowed their business page I'm like haha you posted your 1k followers now you have 999 but but, you know you know I like I like relationships that are equally yoked right yeah that's the core point but some people just won't support you for and they have no reason not to they just don't want to which is Mm -hmm. like mad wild to me because like if I have a friend that is doing something I'll at least share but like for me liking and sharing a post it don't cost me no money it's nothing right like why not like I'll do it why not even telling somebody like even even telling somebody about your business or whatever it is, it's like a recommendation, but some people just won't do it just because. And right. they'll, they'll say they're your ride or die, whatever it is, but they just won't do it. And I always think that's mad weird because again, for me, a lot of things in life is are, is black and white. It's either all or nothing, engaged or disengaged. Like those gray areas to me don't exist with loyalty and support, right? It's either you all in or you're not in at all. Like, I don't want nobody in my corner that's on the fence. Like, you got to be sure if you're messing with me. Like, be sure. Like, what is it? And I expect that to, that energy to transfer to anything I'm a part of, right? So. Yeah, I I agree with you. I find it, especially if I reached out to you personally, like, hey, get the podcast a listener. Or, hey, like the podcast Instagram page. And you read it. But you expect for me to continue to, hey, can you repost this page? Girl, what? Did you not see two weeks ago <laughs> when I sent you the same DM? But like, like Deja said, I don't expect, it's not anybody else's job. I, I could still feel some type of way about it. But to her point, I don't know what they're doing in their everyday lives. I don't know who they told about it. Maybe podcasts aren't their thing. And they prefer audiobooks. It doesn't mean that, you know, they're not saying a prayer for me or saying a prayer for the podcast support can look different a variety of ways just because it's not the way that I want it to be doesn't mean that it's not support they better speak to me in my support language that's it man support language man that's it man speaking our language that's it man I told you man listen but you know the the, the value and the benefit people seeing things is different you Mm -hmm. know and I don't ever I, I try to remove the entitlement from myself like even mm-hmm. if I go super stupid for somebody's business, you know what I mean? I, I, yo, bro, here's my resources. Check this out. Check that out. That may not be the type of time they own. Mm-hmm. And it just might not be who they are. And I'm okay with mm-hmm. that. Because like you said, I, there's thousands of people who support the things that I do that's not family or friends. Right. And, and God will always put those people around you. You know what I'm saying? And, and that'll help you lift your business. So I'm, I'm never really worried about it. Um, it gets weird when people want you to support them all the time but they never support anything that anybody else does yeah i find that more difficult like even if you don't yeah. support me i'm okay 
but you're not supporting me because I'm going to get mine regardless. But when you don't support any uh, anybody else and it's all about you, that's when I, I kind of like, eh. Mm-hmm. Every time you send me a message just about you, I'm like, okay, well, let me check your story. Do you, do you post anybody else's business? Right. Not even mine. Right. Forget me. But anybody else. Anybody like, else's. Right. Yeah. I don't mind you watering other people's gardens. Don't forget mine. I'm, I'm, I'm going to take care of mine. But if you're not watering nobody else but yourself, nah, I'm good. Mm-hmm. And that's when I kind of like, that's when I kind of like disconnect from that person's uh, business or whatever the case may be, because I'm like, oh, you're just about you. And there's nothing wrong with you being about you. I'm just not here for it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm big on community. So, no, I mean, this is this this is definitely a lot. Man, we talked about a lot today, man. This is it's a lot of good stuff, man. We got yeah. B B. Yeah. Hmm? This is a family show, Deja. <laughs> what? what was a she family saying? show. What did you say? I didn't even hear her. I don't know what Black you said. Street, Black Street Deep. Exactly. Oh. It's a family oh, show. Okay. 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 All right. Gotcha. Nah, but um, yeah, I mean, I, like you said, Jelly, support looks different in a lot of different ways. Like Jay said, though, some people have support languages, like we spoke about in our last session. And um, I try to, I try to, I try to have various support languages. You know what I mean? Because I don't know who's championing me behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. I think, and that's the problem for some people, it's behind closed doors. So I can't see what you're doing. So you mm-hmm. say, you might say you support me, but I can't really see it. I, it's not tangible. There's no story views. There's no likes on Facebook or, or Instagram. There's no sales purchases. You know what I'm saying? I can't see you sending a text to your friend on behalf of my business. So wait, it's, wait, it's really wait. Mm-hmm. That relates. I forget which episode we got on, but reassurance, right? Remember mm-hmm. we were talking about um, why do you want to be posted? Like that doesn't mean that we're not doing what right. we're doing or dating like that doesn't mean the relationship is any less valuable without the post right so that right. even goes into this like that doesn't mean that when you are selling your slingshots right that if i hear whoa, 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 whoa wait what are you talking about slingshot what you mean i'm just giving like a family show Deja. i'm not sure what you I'm had, like you like had this, like, or what no, 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 but going? the slingshot is like that car they be riding around south beach yeah, okay okay oh, yeah okay. i'm like thinking right. in that all right i don't know all where right, you're guys. going casamigos got you wilding yes so <laughs> okay. let's in terms of the, the car so like <laughs> Like the behind closed door thing doesn't mean that it's not happening, right? Same right, way absolutely. that when we were talking about posting relationships and the reassurance, that doesn't mean that you don't have a great relationship outside of Instagram. So it's like support does look different from people. I understand, like, I understand completely where John is coming from. Like, you're either in or not. And I think you do have to act that way, you know, with some people. Mm-hmm. And you know, you ride or die, you know what I'm saying? That's like, I'm ride or die. And like, it, you know, anything you do. And then it's like, you don't do nothing for me. Like, why are you calling it ride or die? You know, like that's eerie, but a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend, you know, that kind of knows you, you know, they repost one time. Like sometimes I'd be shocked when people repost myself. I'd be like, what? Oh girl, thanks. Right. Because I just don't have any expectations. Right. Like I'm not expecting that you're my line sister or a cousin or anything of you to do that. I am so appreciative when you do, right? Um, but I'm not like, well, I ain't talking to her because she ain't reposting my stuff. But it's duly noted. To me, to me, it's important because, like I said, I, I don't like entitlement. I don't like mm-hmm. the way it feels. I don't like being entitled. 
Anybody can do whatever they want to do. They don't have to support me. You have your money. You worked hard for it. If you decide to spend it on everybody else but me, that's fine because this is you. But now do you support anybody else? If you don't do it for anybody else, then that's why I have, I don't, you know, entitlement, fine. Forget me. Right. What you doing for everybody else? You know what I'm saying? Or you don't got to buy me nothing. Take care of me. But what you doing for my for my family? Like, are you, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So, so I need to see that. What are you doing for the community? Forget me. What you doing for my community as a whole? Mm-hmm. You know what right. I mean? If I can see those things, then we good money. But if I can't see them, you know what I'm saying? And that, that's a, and plus, like doing things for the community is probably the greatest form of advertising there is. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I was, I had asked, um, I had asked uh, Pinky Cole. Um, I'm not sure if y'all know the lady, the lady Pinky Cole, slutty vegan. Shout out to the oh, man. Yeah. She's dope. Yeah, yeah, okay. um, but I was like, yo, how important is giving back to the community? And she was like, yo, it's super important. Like giving back, like that's your greatest form of advertising. You know what I mean? And I was like, well, and I took a bunch of notes that day, whatever the case was. But yeah, like if you're not doing enough for nobody else, man, I'll listen to you, fam. And then I'll be like, yeah, man, I- I'm going to check it out. I'm going to throw your stuff in the garbage, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's just that simple. I need to see you doing something for somebody else, man. Forget me. Like mm-hmm. I said, God going to give me what I need. But if you don't do enough for nobody else, nah, no thank you. That's just how I feel about it, you know? But, man, we we tackled a lot tonight, man. A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And um, I think we touched on some great points. Maybe... Maybe in the next session, you know, if uh, if the universe allows, maybe we'll talk about how to find out your gifts. You know what I mean? Because that may be a core point in making connections in life. You know, knowing your gifts, understanding, operating in your gifts and things like that. Um, but we'll see how the session goes. But let's talk what we learned tonight. Shay, what did you gather from tonight's session? I learned that there's truly no instructions to life um I say that because when we're talking about therapy and we're going through like oh like we may have the tools but we may not use them for ourselves like how do we maneuver that should we see a therapist and how do we build community how we network and all that stuff and like everybody can give suggestions but at the same time you still got to figure out what's best for you not everything is one size fits all you know so kind of just be reflective and just be aware of the information and resources that are out there, but always, you know, be mindful of what works best for you. That's a lot to unpack right there. We might need like a private session after to talk about that. Man, there's a, there's a lot in there, but that's a lot of good stuff. How about you, Angelica? Just trying to find like-minded people. Um, mm-hmm. Networking mm-hmm. doesn't have to be awkward, or it doesn't have to put me in a space where I feel uncomfortable. Just me finding spaces of like-minded people in terms of interests or goals or where I want to be in the future and putting myself out there to join my communities will probably help me flex that muscle of networking before I take it into the corporate space. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's good stuff. Good stuff, good stuff. Dej, Dej, how you feel? What about you? Um, So you definitely want to find genuine um, and authentic people, but in the back of your mind, always think you know like what what maybe can I offer as well like you were saying Mm -hmm. like some people will wholeheartedly help you with no expectations of nothing and Mm -hmm. then you have some that monetarily um want you to pay which is fair and then you have some that might just look like well you know dang like maybe show me how to do that TikTok you know like bring TikTok to my business so I can see or 
Right. You know, you mind running my social media page? Like whenever you got the time, you know, post something for me. Like, so there's just so many different things of reciprocation and that can just look different. So that's what was interesting to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Powerful, powerful stuff, man. Lady J, how about you? I think for me, it's just remembering to prioritize yourself and your well-being. You can't be everything for everybody else if you're nothing to yourself, right? So mm-hmm. just prioritizing you. And that could be so many different avenues. That could be taking yourself on a date. That could be buying those shoes you always wanted. Whatever it is, just make sure every week you dedicate one day, an entire day. 24 hours is a long time, but just prioritize you. Definitely prioritizing yourself. That, that's a big, big thing. It's a big thing with many components. Maybe we'll unpack that on another day. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's great stuff. For me, uh, community is super, super, super important to your growth. Mm-hmm. Whatever your community looks like, whatever, whoever you choose to be in that community, wherever you choose to get that community from, it's just super important to your next level. Um, and also, I think, uh, Jelly, you were saying it, when it comes to you're looking for mentorships and sponsors and advocates, things like that, you know, let them see what you're doing. Then they can see how they can help. You know, ha- have something tangible to give. You know, you want to be a designer, but you have no sketches. You know what I mean? You want to be a cook. You ain't tried no recipes. You know what I mean? You want to be a sneaker designer. You don't have a sneaker drawn out, nothing. You want to be a designer. You have no clothes, like do something. And then somebody can see how they can fit into your life and help you be better at what you're doing. Man, this was great tonight. Thank y'all for rocking out with us, man. Another session of Untherapy. We got Shay, Deja Dej, Lady J, Angelica, and yours truly, Coach Ferns, and we out. <laughs>